strangers from distant lands, friends of old, it's already off the rails. Welcome back to Balrogs and Blasters, fantasy, sci-fi, and everything in between. My name is Sam, and with me as always is Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hello. And in advance, I'd like to apologize for my audio. It is poor. <laughs> this, is the, this is the first time that we have apologized in advance for audio problems. <laughs> we will not be making out of it. Uh, okay, so... We've got a good few bits and pieces of news this week. We've got a few trailers that have come out. We've got some information about 4K home releases of The Abyss. We've got information on the DCU. We've got some things that we've been watching this week as well that we're going to talk about. Some unfortunate RIPs as well. And then we're going to finish up this week's episode by talking about the new release of No One Will Save You. Well, that was pretty... That was pretty that good. Was pretty dramatic. Was yeah. <laughs> The fact that they didn't have something like that at the start of the film is... I, I, actually, let's, let's start with that. Would you appreciate if, at the start of every film, instead of having a title sequence, there was just, like, a person saying the name of the film? I think I'd get very fed up with that very quickly. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you just, like, a guy saying, The Three Musketeers. No, no. No? No, no okay. this, this is not a trailer. <laughs> okay, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I do miss when they used to say the name of the film in the trailer, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, okay, so let's let's kick things off for proper. Um, I would like to talk about the fact that James Cameron's The Abyss is coming out on 4K home release. Yes. Now, I want to preface that by saying we know that it is coming soon, which in the world of James Cameron means basically nothing. It could mean that it's coming out five years from now. It could mean that it's coming out tomorrow. We just we just don't know with this man. Yeah, and. Do we know if it's a theatrical cut or the director's cut? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. I would say I would say it would have to be the director's cut. Because I'm assuming all of this is being done kind of off his own back. Um, so I'd say that it's it's going to be the one that he's the most comfortable with, which I'd say would be the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the director's cut, a copy of it that I recorded off TV <laughs> years ago. So the only, right. only way you could get it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, despite the fact that nearly all the cast died, well, nearly died on the uh, on the set, most of them oh, drowned. Yeah. Uh, some of them froze themselves. I didn't realize uh, in the director's cut as well that there's there's boobies. I didn't. I didn't you know, know that. There's there's a little, little bit of booby. Um, it's a very traumatic scene, and it's <laughs> it, it, it'll be it'll be a hard one to to go at. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's there. But yeah, it's a fantastic film. One of my favorite films of all time. Um, yeah, re really love it. Fantastic. Uh, I'll, I'll call him a villain. With with um, oh, what's his name? Bean. Oh yeah, with his uh, with his under ocean madness. Ocean madness. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like a SpongeBob episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, he 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 knocked it out of the park with that. I I really like. He he started off as yeah, he's a bit of a hard ass. And then he just went completely off the rails. Loved, loved the the whole progression of his uh, his psychosis through the whole through the whole film. Are you and talking it, about Michael Biehn or James Cameron? <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of those actors refused to work with him again after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm I'm not surprised by that at all. Like, even the fact that I didn't even realize that. So you know, this is for anyone who's watched it. They obviously filled the 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 diving suits with that fluid yeah. in the in the helmet i always assumed that that was like in a 
that was just a practical effect where it was just a layer in front of them that was being filled up but it was in fact just filling up their helmet with yeah. this liquid like ridiculous <laughs> a ridiculous choice <laughs> and so many like so many choices that obviously make the film like a really impressive like sci-fi spectacle but you can just see like having heard about the stuff that goes on in the background you just see it happening just like why does he do these things <laughs> like, this is some Kubrickian nonsense yeah yeah but yeah looking forward to that uh, hopefully we get a, a timeline soon it's one of those things that's on blu-ray.com the, the site oh, really? that has all the releases has been it comes up all the time people asking on the forums when, when is it coming when is it coming so uh, yeah, yeah looking forward to this Oh uh, yeah, it should be good. Let's let's continue to tell James Cameron that he's making all the right decisions. <laughs> well, well, no, I can't. I can't. I watched uh, Avatar two the other day, and I got about halfway through it, and I realised there's still another two hours to go, and oh, it was just so strong. Uh, I don't understand the love for those films. I don't understand why people why people are throwing money at this film. So um, yeah, James Cameron is he a genius? No, I think not. He's been very lucky uh, recently with uh, people just backing him for, I have no idea why. Yeah, I think, I haven't watched Avatar 2 yet, but when I do, I will watch it the way that it was intended, 15 minutes at a time on my phone before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Across about two weeks is the plan. <laughs> but let's, let's stop talking about James Cameron. Let's talk about the DCU, because we got some information... Uh, dressed up as not really information with James Gunn talking about what's canon and what's not because there's been a lot of confusion understandably so about in this last final slate of DCEU films like the likes of Aquaman 2 and uh, Blue Beetle and uh, Shazam 2 like what's what's canon and what's not like what's continuing on because we knew that there were certain actors who were coming back to the DCU playing the same characters as they were playing in the DCEU but that was really all we knew and uh, Mr. Gunn has come out and he's essentially clarified that there are going to be actors coming back playing the same characters, but they're not going to be a continuation of the stories that were told in the DCEU. So what, as an example, so John Cena is coming back as Peacemaker, but Peacemaker Season 1 and Peacemaker Season 2, which hasn't come out yet, uh, are both going to be non-canonical to the new DCEU. The same is going to be said of, I'm really sorry about the pronunciation of this name, uh, Zola Maraduena, who played Blue Beetle, mm -hmm. Viola Davis, who's coming back as, oh my goodness, I've completely forgotten her character's name. Amanda, Amanda Waller. Waller. Yeah. Amanda Waller, yeah. And uh, Freddie Stromer coming back as uh, Vigilante. Uh, oh, from the thank God. Well, yeah, I mean, Freddie Stromer was a revelation in that film, in that TV yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, so on Blue Beetle, is it, it? Are we saying that's not canonical because it's fairly generic superhero action film, and there was nothing that happened in that that would affect the DCU. I would say. say, I would say, and this is fairly cynical. If the film had done better, I'd say they'd maybe tie it in more. So I think, as you say, it is kind of not connected to the larger DC universe in any way other than the fact that they mention other superheroes but like you could slot that in wherever really um, and I would say if it had done a bit better maybe they'd tie in a bit, in a bit closer but I think it's easier just to say it, it's not part of it um, so it sounds like they're saying it's you know Blue Beetle will be in the DCU and it will be played by 
Mr. Maradwania, but it won't be the continuation of what he's done okay. in the in the Blue Beetle film. Well, yeah, there's there's no big loss there. The the, the family, though, I would hope would get carried over as well. You know, uh, the, the love interest, whatever her name is, can't even remember her name. Uh, Jenny Cole's daughter, was that her? Yeah, yeah. she. Um, yeah, she didn't really leave much of an impression. Uh, but does this mean that there won't be we won't begin the sequel where she goes to find her dad? That is an excellent question. I would say I have no idea. To be honest, I think it would be a good shout because I did like the idea that there was already an existing Blue Beetle in this universe, and it was Ted Cord, and he had the old costume, and then he had basically what I'm assuming is like a either he's just lost somewhere on Earth or he's in like a Ant-Man style quantum realm situation for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but like, but it would be cool to see that kind of idea continued, but is that just going to make things more confusing? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of pulled that off. But according to James Gunn, nothing is canon until creature commandos comes out. So, okay. but interestingly, I think the interesting exemption from Oh, sorry, not exemption. The, the the interesting omission from what he was talking about was that Jason Momoa wasn't even mentioned. So there's obviously been kind of suspicions that he was either going to come back as Aquaman or he was going to come back maybe as like Lobo or someone like that. Um, this seems to suggest that he's not coming back as Aquaman, at least. Yeah. Like, he may be coming back as someone else, but, you know. Yeah, and uh, do, we, do we get any word on the Viola Davis, Amanda Waller TV series? That was supposed to be spinning off from Peacemaker. I, I don't think so. I don't think there was anything mentioned on it. If there was, I can I completely mm. uh, overlooked it. Uh, but the fact that they're doing, I think, like they're doing Peacemaker season two because Peacemaker was obviously really really popular, uh, and they want to kind of continue that on. But like, yeah, I don't know if they'd maybe they'd roll something like that into just a separate story. Yeah. In the in the DCU, maybe that would be my expectation. Okay. <laughs> But other than that, that's not the only superhero that we're talking about this week, Patrick, because we also got a teaser for Toxic Avenger. A little tiny Toxic Avenger. A little teaser for Toxic Avenger. Uh, no, a little tiny I, toxic, toxic Avenger. He's are, you saying that because, are you saying that because he's played by Peter Dinklage? Yes. I see. And, okay. and, and from the one still that we got of him standing in the doorway, it's... Yeah. I, I kind of thought it was going to be Peter Dinklage as a human and then like a huge person <laughs> as the Toxic Avenger. But they seem to yeah. have gone with Peter Dinklage as the actual Toxic Avenger, which is cool. I, I know, look like, for it. Yeah, like I. I mean, you can always change the scale of anyone. Like, obviously, we had, we've seen Peter Dinklage play like an enormous dwarf in Infinity War. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I'd be interested to see what they do with kind of the scale of him. Um, but this is this is a fun one for me because like I don't really know anything about Toxic Avenger. My only passing understanding of Toxic Avenger is that it was originally made by Troma, where James Gunn used to work, and that is that is pretty much the extent of my knowledge. Uh, I know it's a real cult favorite. Uh, I, as of this point in my life, I haven't gone back to revisit it. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, I've I've watched it numerous times and the cartoon series as well. I didn't even know there was a cartoon series. Toxic Avenger, Toxic Avenger. That's basically the theme tune. <laughs> that was great. I'm yeah. hooked already. 
No, it's great. It, it, well, it wasn't great, but it was definitely of a time. You know, back when Rick Rick Romanus was doing uh, what was that grave grave school high and things like that. Oh you know, yeah, uh, lots of TV and movie tie-ins, but yeah, yeah, it was it, it was something. But yeah, the original it, it's pure slucks, pure. I wouldn't even call it B movie; it was a C movie. Um, but very, very much, very fun. It was a very fun time. Uh, gross. Everything that I really liked about it, I saw it when I was a child, and I, I, I still, I still like watching it every now and again. But yeah, I, I'm excited for this one. Okay, all right. Well, I, I'm definitely excited for it just because it seems so different to, to what we've seen before and also because it's directed by uh, Mason Blair who worked on uh, Green Room and Blue Ruin which are films I really enjoy and mm-hmm. also he directed I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore with Elijah Wood who's also in this like the stills of him in this are just That's the horrendous looking yeah basically I was going to say like either that or Green or Worm Tongue like, yeah. somewhere in between the two of those he looks all like all puffy and Hale and oh. and then Kevin Bacon's in it as well, which is uh, which is always a, a, a nice a nice change of pace. He's the industrialist, is he? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, the evil industrialist. <laughs> uh, actually, I have no idea if he is the industrialist, but I assume so. Um, and if we keep in the the trailer vein, we also got a trailer for Fingernails, which is like a sci-fi romantic movie that's coming out. And I only mention it just because. It had real kind of Eternal Sunshine, Ruby Sparks kind of vibes. And I don't think I've seen a film like that recently that I've really enjoyed. But it's nice to see that that kind of, I don't know what you call it, like a a rom sci as opposed to a rom-com. Like that kind of that kind of vibe. Right. Like that kind of thing. Uh, it's got Jesse Buckley in it and it's got Reese Ahmed in it. And it's got Luke Wilson and The Bear from The Bear. Um but it's it's this idea that they the, the bear from the bear, the bear from the bear, yeah, Carmine from the bear, not the bear, oh, not the actual bear. Sorry, I I had a brain fart there, and I was I was confusing this with Cocaine Bear. I was <laughs> like the, the bear from Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I'd watch that, but he's clean. <laughs> he's, he's just trying uh, to get his kids back. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically this idea that they've they've turned uh, romantic love into this measurable scientific exercise in order to determine who is the best fit uh, in a relationship and if a couple will last and it's uh, it could be good I've got high hopes that it could be good um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see but uh, yeah. I'm hoping it's it's I'm hoping it's at that kind of eternal sunshine level which is always always a nice nice one to go for um, yeah and while we're talking on. about tra- trailers there I think we have to we have to talk about Argyle Oh my goodness! Completely slapped me in the face. I, I uh, did not realize <laughs> what type of movie this was. I really thought yep. it was a straight. Well, not a straight, but like a a a spy thriller centering on uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. What, so what, there were what we got and said completely changed my my expectation for this movie. Yeah. So before we got any kind of a teaser or anything, there was just the only information. Or official synopsis we had was that this was a Matthew Vaughn movie, Matthew Vaughn who directed the Kingsman movies and Kick-Ass and X-Men First Class uh, and it was described as this spy thriller, as you say with Henry Cavill as Agent Argyle uh, but then you watch the trailer and then what you realise is that it's actually about 
uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who is the writer of these Argyle spy novels and how she is basically brought out of her kind of comfortable artistic world and brought into this world of real life spies. And there's this suggestion that her books have been predicting the outcomes in real life espionage. So they've kind of brought her in. Yeah, it's kind of weird. like she's psychically connected Cost- to, the, to the, whoever is the real Argyle. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's got kind of like, I thought you'd like it because I know you're a big fan of Castle. So I know that you yeah. always like it when law enforcement brings in oh, I brings in that. a novelist uh, to get things going. The, the, that, that's one of my top tropes is people who have absolutely no business helping the police or international spy agencies come in and help them out and not only help them out but are integral to everything <laughs> that's yeah. happening with, the, with this team. But yeah, it's great. Uh, we got... Um, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, and he yeah. does rock well indeed. He, I love him, absolutely amazing. Um, the John Cena's in it. He is, but he's part of the fictional Argyle universe within it. Yeah, from what I can see, uh, we have Bryce Dallas Howard. We have lots of famous people in it. It did give me kind of vibes of that Sandra Bullock film that came out last year with. Um, which Channing Tatum where she oh. was the author and then what she what she had what what she's researched for her books turns out that it leads to a lost treasure and she gets uh she gets kidnapped oh it remember. had like okay it had like romancing the stone kind of vibes yes yeah yes Brad Pitt was in it as name. well I cannot remember the name but off the top of my head but I know exactly the one you mean and like it's that's that's always kind of a, as you say, like it's always kind of a fun trope, especially when it blends in with that, you know, bringing a non-detective into a detective situation. It reminded me of um, the Lost City. Sorry. Just oh answer. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. No, nope, that's that's great. That's what I was searching for on my computer anyway. So you yeah. saved me a job. Um, the what was I going to say? Yeah, what was the the Raven? Like the John Cusack, Ed Grant oh, yeah. vehicle where he was. Uh, helping solve crimes because people were committing crimes based on his on his stories which is just ripped um, off castle yeah oh, 100% yeah. yeah it's basically yeah. just he's but basically I, just <laughs> pale unhealthy castle yeah I, I think I think uh, the two of us are the only people who've ever seen that movie in all fairness we should definitely well I think that's the perfect reason to do like a movie commentary for it then. <laughs> definitely definitely yeah but um, yeah I'm looking forward to, to this it came I I, I I'm a big fan of Henry Cavill. I was happy to, to see him doing something in the near future, but this has just elevated it to the next level. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in it. The, the only thing I'm worried about is that I'm... Henry Cavill is one of those actors that I just... I could just look at him forever. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a good-looking man. I enjoy looking at him. But that hair that he's got in the trailer is... Yeah, but now, now upsetting. But but now the hair sort of makes sense that it's part of this um, lit, lit, literature world that doesn't really yeah, exist yeah, yeah, yeah. in the real world. You know, whoever the real Argyle is, I'm sure doesn't have that kind of hair. You know, well, well you maybe they do. We'll we'll, we'll we'll see. But yeah, uh, I, I know you're a big fan of Henry Cavill, and your your wallpaper on your phone most likely is uh, him as the Witcher in the bath. So. <laughs> jokes on you it's just regular Henry Cavill in the bar <laughs> so there brilliant um, and then one that I missed a trailer I missed this week was uh, Zorro what is this what's yes. this about 
Is this Antonio so, Banderas? If it's not, no, I don't want to hear. Not. Stop it talking. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will just go, I will just say that it's a it's a Spanish language TV show uh, because it's a Spanish TV show uh, that's basically a reboot of of Zorro. Oh. And you seem disappointed. <laughs> I do because it feels like another one of these um, because of the writer strike. Uh, we're getting these TV shows and films filmed outside the the US yeah to fill voids and stuff stuff that we would never see normally are yeah. being promoted because they have a, they have gaps in their in their scheduling but, uh, but I, I could be completely wrong as I said I haven't watched this trailer but um, I, I, I as you know I have a real problem with um, action TV and films that are heavily subtitled I, okay. I, I, I don't have the the ability to to focus on one or on both at the same time. It has to be one or the other. So I either miss out on all the all the dialogue or I miss out on all the action. And that's just that's just the way my brain is wired up. Wow. So Patrick hates foreign films. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it says it on my T-shirt. <laughs> It says power rugs and plasters, and then in small brackets, Patrick hates <laughs> films. Um, Squid Games is rubbish. <laughs> so I think that was all the trailers that happened this week. We also had the unfortunate news. Very, very sad news, Patrick. And I know you'll be sad about this. Hellboy, the new video game, has been pushed back to the 18th of October. I'm just kidding. We're sad because Michael Gambon's dead. Oh yeah, poor Michael Gambon. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen him in anything. Um, but yeah, he was he was always there. He was always there. Like I, I, there's there's so many films that he's been in that um, it's hard to go through them all. I'm just looking. Like I know I know. You're literally. I can literally feel you like. Scrolling, like it's scrolling through because there's a huge amount here, but I, yeah. I, was, I was just trying to see what the last thing I watched them in was, and unfortunately, it was Dad's Army. Uh, I, oh, I, really? I was, I was hoping it was something else, but no, it was, it was definitely that Dad's Army was the last thing I, I watched him in. I think the last thing I watched him in was weirdly like Godsford Park, which I I hadn't ever watched before, and I saw it on Netflix, and I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. And sure enough, there's Michael Gambon being just a, a proper rich knob. But um, <laughs> he was, like, in terms of, like, the stuff that we'd cover on this podcast, obviously he, he's, his, one of his bigger roles kind of later in his life was in the later Harry Potter movies. I think yeah. he, after, um, after Richard Harris died, uh, he took over from him. Uh, interestingly, I was... Uh, I was talking to my wife about this because, as you know, my wife is a very big Harry Potter fan. And after, even though this was after Michael Gambon had died, I said, "What was your opinion on him as, as Dumbledore?" She was like, "Oh, I preferred I preferred Richard Harris. Like, I think that he had a better idea of what Dumbledore was like compared to Michael Gambon, and made the made the call, which I think a lot of people do, which is in the Goblet of Fire movie where." He basically like runs at Harry Potter and shouts at him like, "Why don't you put your name in the Goblet of Fire?" Even though that was not apparently what the book was intended. Yeah. Um, but apparently, yeah, he was he he took it in a different direction. Uh, but I, I was a big fan of him in Harry Potter movies. I thought he was a I thought he was a cool a cool Dumbledore who like, didn't give a crap, yeah, didn't give yeah. a crap about kids, <laughs> didn't give a crap about anybody. 
Yeah, and uh, just a big shout out. He is. He was born in Cabra. Was in he Dublin. really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he's an Irish cool. boy. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a that's, a, that's a, a handy little fact we got there. Yeah, but the, uh, definitely last thing I saw him in was Dad's Army. Um, I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. It, was, it wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was just a movie. <laughs> uh, but I also had fond memories of the TV series. Of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and of course we can't forget Michael Gambon's most famous role, which was of course in uh, by Captain in the World of Tomorrow as Mister Paley, editor of the New York Chronicle newspaper. Okay, I did not realise he was in. <laughs> what are you and I, and about I loved Patrick? Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow is your favourite film of all time. I love that film. Yeah. I I watch it all the time. Un- unironically, yeah, I, oh, man, I really I was love it. An ironic joke. No, no, I, I really like Sky Cat and the World Tomorrow. Not enough that you remember Mr. Paley, though. Clearly, he must have only been in it for a bit, thirty seconds. I, I can't remember. Well, unfortunately, this Wikipedia page does not tell me how much he's in the <laughs> film, so I'll just have to. You need to go to www. How long was someone in a movie.com forward slash <laughs> Gambon hyphen Michael? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is very, very sad news. Uh, like, he was 82 years old, so he, he had a good life, but 82 seems young nowadays for people to, to die. I think it, it also seems very young for actors as well, because I think you've just gotten used to actors continuing on well past the regular retirement age for any other job yeah um and like even you know we've talked about before like harrison ford being in stuff now michael kane being in stuff now uh people like judy dench and maggie smith who are like they're prestige actors who've been acting for a very long time and are just kind of masters of their craft but also anytime i see them on screen at the moment i'm like I really hate the idea that you want to retire but can't because mm. you you're trapped in like a, a lifestyle that doesn't allow you to stop working or is it by I, my hope is that they just keep doing it because they love it yeah um but like it must it must be such like a a strain both physically and mentally to be doing doing these kind of shoots and, and stuff like that like it must it can't be a, it can't be the easiest thing to do for for someone of any age i suppose but even less so for someone who's who's in their mid 80s yeah yeah like tom cruise <laughs> because uh, he's old moving yeah. on moving on uh patrick stewart what, what's he complaining about these days patrick stewart well patrick stewart has a book out he has his upcoming memoir guess what it's called Engage. Oh, so close. It was making it so. Ah. Yeah, that's right. So he's he was basically talking about the fact that even though he... I didn't realize this. Apparently he got convinced he had to be kind of pushed to do the Picard TV series. Um, I didn't realize that. But what apparently he's saying now is that he's still trying to push for Paramount to do a Picard movie off the back of the not continuing on from next generation we're continuing on from the picard tv series okay um i don't know if it's a successful campaign that he's <laughs> that he's did, carrying did you, out did you like the picard tv series 
Um, of the now, I haven't watched the whole thing. I'll be honest. Um, it does feel, you know, it's more in that I suppose discovery vein than it is Strange New Worlds or, or Lower Decks or or like the classic Star Trek, I suppose. So it is that kind of intense drama and it's mm. kind of got more of a kind of quiet energy to it uh, and i think there's there's definitely a place for that and i do like enjoy his performance now obviously i haven't continued watching it so it may kind of decline in quality i don't know but like i'd say like yeah why not give him a movie like you know they're doing millions of star trek things at the moment like give him a give him a if he's got a decent story for it and he says he wants he wants jonathan frakes to direct it and he's talked to Brent Spiner and LeVar Burton and apparently they're all on board uh, yeah why not I don't see any I don't see any harm in it I'd yeah it's just I would prefer a little bit more action you know what he did in Star Trek Generations and stuff like that and we're not yeah. going to get that like we were saying last week with uh, with Indiana Jones it's just elder abuse at this stage where <laughs> these, these 80 year old men are getting the, the crap being at them you know so yeah I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the TV series. And, yeah. Um, I, I I just think the character should just slowly go into the night. You know, just 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 leave him be. He's what, already what dead. If, what if? What if it was like a young Picard movie? What if this is like a young Picard first, movie? First command, Picard. Only if uh, Michael Rosenbaum can play him. Okay, I'd be up for that. How old yeah. is Michael Rosenbaum now? Well, uh, when I say young, I mean at the age where he would be getting his first captain's position, which I assume wasn't, yeah. wasn't the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that would be a good shout, because uh, my initial thought was, <laughs> because obviously, like, Tom Hardy starred alongside him in Star <laughs> Trek Nemesis playing... Was it, He was playing a clone of him. Am he I was right? playing a clone of him, but I, yeah. I can't see Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy going... I'm driving. I want like I want like Bane sized Tom Hardy playing a younger guy, <laughs> just bursting out of his. Tom, Tom Hardy will only star in things where he's unintelligible. Where oh, I love it. Where he has to put on some kind of ridiculous accent, which is a I shame because when you when you look at him in um, Inception, he was my favorite yeah. part of Inception. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A suave. With his incredibly with his big collars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we're, we're split on that. I would, I would happily see a jacked young movie <laughs> when you can obviously nothing at all. Yeah. Um, Patrick, tell me about Knights of the Old Republic, right? And the reboot that might have been, right? Well, it's it's still in the cards. You're still in the studio working on it. Did you play Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic Two? If you have no other questions about it, then yes. No, <laughs> okay. I did. I was, I was, at that time, I was much more into like, uh, not turn-based combat. Basically, anything that wasn't turn-based combat, I basically played Pokemon for my entire life, and then I, I moved on to different games, and I just, I couldn't go back. I couldn't okay. go back. Okay. Well, some of my favorite games. Uh, lots of cool lore in it set back in the old republic times in, in the star wars universe but yeah they were they announced a a remake of it not a reboot like a re like a remaster yeah well sort of somewhere between a remaster and a remake 
so te so technically a reboot, I, I suppose. But it's 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 a bit of a grey area because I don't think they're going to change any of the main story beats. They were just going to yeah. update the the combat and all that. So uh, would that be similar? Sorry to cut across you. Would that be similar to Demon Souls for the PS5, where they basically yeah rebuilt it from the ground up? Yeah, that's my understanding. But um, yeah. It was the the trailer was recently delisted from the Sony Sony site. Sony are Ooh. Sony PlayStation have paid for uh, exclusivity, obviously. So they it's been delisted now. After I put this piece of news on on the uh, on our sheet uh, last night, it was announced that it's because the rights for the for the soundtrack have lapsed, and they can't use sound the soundtrack that's in the trailer now that just brings up even more concern Sony are, Sony are trying to pivot it as don't worry it's just because we the, the rights for the soundtrack lapse and then it's like okay that doesn't sound good why why, why is it why has this been allowed to happen so that's 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 a, a big bucket of bummer balls uh, because I, I was kind of looking forward to this and uh, it was yeah. It was released on the Switch as not a a remaster or anything, just just slightly upgraded. But mm. that that has its own controversy around it, where uh, the there was a there's a particular piece of DLC that you need that fixes a lot of issues, that actually uh, fixes a whole quest line. It, 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 and that's not coming to the Switch, so people are obviously very angry about that. So the Knights of the Old Republic's fortunately this the last couple of weeks have been getting a real kicking, you know. Yeah, yeah. And is that like, if like, like if the remaster doesn't happen, let's say the remaster doesn't happen, but I want to start playing Knights of the Old Republic. Do you think it would hold up today? It holds up. It holds up. I, okay. I, I played it last year again. <laughs> so okay, okay, okay. No, it's very good. Um, yeah, no, I'd recommend it. I also was thinking that I at the time, instead of playing Knights of the Old Republic, I think I was on like my five hundredth play of. Jedi Academy, which is just a game I burnt the disc on it. I played so much, yeah. And that was that was more that was more at the time like what I wanted out of Star Wars game where I could just like fling a lightsaber around and, and just be a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. And then in other gaming news, uh, Hellboy Web of Word has been pushed back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I I. I I referenced that earlier when I was talking about Michael Blanton dying. I know. <laughs> like, let's, talk about it. let's talk about it. And I was like, now. let's talk about that. But, and then you, you, you continued on. <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Hellboy Web of Weird. I think it's Web word. of Weird. Is it web... It's Word, is it Word? Yeah, they actually say it in the trailer. Oh. As Word. So are you telling me the one trailer where they do say the name of the, of the thing? <laughs> I just completely missed them saying yeah, it. Yeah, Wonderful. No, it's definitely Web of Word, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so, this was going to be coming out October 4th. It's now coming out October 18th. They released a statement, which they release with any game, where they're pushing back the release date. We're basically saying, we want to make sure it's the best experience for the gamers, so we're taking extra time to, to make that happen. And at this point, that could either mean... That could even be the truth or not. It, it doesn't really it doesn't really much matter. It's the, it's the... I'm leaving because of creative differences of the yeah. of the gaming world uh so like i really like the look of the game like i like the cell shading i like how it's pretty faithful to the to the comics and that kind of mignola artwork so i'm 
I'm not too worried about this. Like, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to wait the extra two weeks to uh, to yeah. get this when it comes out. Yeah. No. I've, I've well, uh, it wasn't on my radar to play because it's, it's coming out in the middle of a very busy season of of video games. We'll have Assassin's Creed Mirage coming out at the beginning of October. We have Spider Man Two coming out at the end. We have yeah. We have uh, Super Mario Wonder coming out in the middle of that. And there's there's a few other things on my on my radar, so uh, it wasn't it was going to be something I was going to play next year anyway. So yeah, 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 that's that's fine. Just while we're while we're still on the the topic of video games, uh, I've I have been playing the new Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven patch. I haven't gone to the DLC yet, but it's uh, it's it's very good. Um, the patch, the patch, the patch it completely, okay. it completely reworks everything. So I, I actually made the decision to restart it to start a new character. So um, yeah, it's very good. It's 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 fixed a lot of the issues that I had with it, except for the driving. The driving is still atrocious. Absolutely. That's what I mean. When Absolutely. you're when you're driving in the game, what view do you pick? Because I always go, I always go third, third person, so I'm outside of the car. So I don't know if I have setting wrong or. But if I'm if I'm third person in the car, it's it's not following behind. The camera doesn't follow behind the car. The car. So if I turn right, I'm now looking at yeah. the right hand side of the car, and I have to manually move the ca- the camera over. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you have, you, it's 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 two joystick control. Yeah, but I don't I don't want that. <laughs> oh. I, I I want I want the Grand Theft Auto. I want the Need for Speed. I want the U turn right. The camera pivots around, and it's always it always has your bumper, yeah, in view. So I'm actually, I'm actually thinking back now, like I'm actually can't remember if that's the case or not, and maybe it's just your version wasn't working properly. <laughs> but clearly, it's not. It's clearly it's not an issue because it wasn't pitched in the back. Yeah, but I really, I really don't like it. So I've ended up uh, driving first person, first person within the car. And yeah. and the field of view within that car is shockingly bad. Um, yeah, there's blind spots everywhere, and I'm crashing into everything. So, oh yeah, I don't I don't know how anyone does it from that view. Like it's it's bonkers. Well, the other the other view was making me sick. Like nah, okay. I was physically feeling sick playing yeah. playing that way because what what was what I was expecting to see wasn't happening on screen. Yeah. So it, it was like a, it was a motion sickness kind of. The the horizon doesn't match what my belly is telling me is happening. Neither. You know. <laughs> yeah, and weirdly, that's yeah. That 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 game is a real saga of just. I don't even know how to describe it. Like even the fact that the DLC is coming out is kind of bonkers to me. Like the fact that it it's still alive. This this thing that kind of came crawling onto people's consoles yeah. just like dragging its <laughs> dragging its body oh the fact that it's still it's still kind of around is is kind of amazing to me in, in some way yeah um yeah and then the last thing before we we move off the the video game stuff is spoilers for spider-man 2 are unfortunately out in the wild so oh no sam i know this doesn't really affect you you're not on the social medias but uh anyone who is on social media be very careful people are spoiling it like crazy is it are these kind of images that are being spoiled or is it story Enti- entire story beats so ah, someone has okay. 
because people have actually played all the way through the game and are spoiling it for people. Ah, that's no good. And like, I'm sure there are people who want that. Like, I'm sure the people who just want the spoilers, like, you know, but. Those are the time, type of people we do not want to talk to. <laughs> Either in person or on social media. <laughs> Don't want anything to do with them. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a bummer, like, because the, like, the Spider-Man games have had really strong story beats. Like, yes. like the, the narrative of them has been one of the big selling points for me, for me at least. So, like, I can see why that's happening. I could, like, the only thing I could think is that people must be very excited about the storylines. That they are that they are spoiling it like this. Either people, that or they're just monsters. Yeah, some people are just dicks, you know. And they they want to spoil things for other people. Yeah, that's fair. And that is exactly what we will be doing with <laughs> no one will save you. <laughs> oh, what a what a what? self slam. <laughs> before, yeah. uh, b before we before we get into that though, I just want to ask: Did you watch the first episode of Amazon Prime's Gen V? No, I haven't watched it yet, uh, because I realised the other day I didn't watch the final episode of The Boys for last uh, season, okay. so okay. I'll, I'll watch that first and then I'll, I'll catch up with Gen, Z, Gen V. But you've watched it, tell, tell me, I don't want to go into too much on it, Like we can we can always talk about it next week when we've both, well by that point the second episode will have come out as well, so we can, we can have a look at that as well. Actually, I don't know if episode two and three are... Coming out next week, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, it is really good. It's very much the boys in tone, uh, but it's obviously set in uh, Godolphin University. It's kind of loosely based on the the We Gotta Go Now arc from the from the comics, but just very very loosely it seems. Uh, but like everyone in it is really good. Ted Levine's in it. He's great, and there seems like there's going to be a load of. Uh, cameos from the boys series so uh so yeah a good a good first episode as far as i'm concerned so the first three episodes are up oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is that i watched the first episode it got to the credits i paused it and went off to do other things and didn't check to see if there were any other episodes yeah so yesterday, <laughs> yesterday god you dropped then first day then hashtag think brink and then the next episode is Friday. Okay, can we just cut out all that audio? No, just go no, back it's gold. This. It's gold. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, I watched the first episode. No, 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 we're not, not we're not going doing to watch that. the other two. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but you enjoyed it, well, anyway. That's 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 yeah, good absolutely, yeah. Uh, so we can if we uh, we'll talk maybe talk about that next week when we've yeah. well, when those next two episodes have finally dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Get your thought well, well, well. versus Amazon. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first, first episode launched on its own. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but like, let's let's move off that embarrassing moment for me and and check in on. No one will save you. So, just you just, a, this, just a what, warning to everyone: this is going to be a full spoiler. It's uh, going to be fairly spoilery for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll start off first by saying, I really enjoy it. Five out of five right. for me. Sam? Yep. Yep. Again, yep, yep. It'll be a five out of five. Absolutely. Great. Okay, so from this point on, it'll be spoilers. So if you if you don't want to hear those, you know, bugger off. Now's the time. And we were... <laughs> That's very aggressive. Uh, like, but I, I would 100% recommend, like, with this movie, like, go in knowing as little as possible because mm -hmm. it's... It's... 
it, it really kind of adds to the, the it adds to the energy of the movie for sure going in with with as little information as possible and like the good thing is like the trailer didn't give too much away like other than the the main beats of the fact that it's essentially like a home invasion but it's aliens invading mm-hmm. like that's really all it kind of gives away and it gives you a look at the at the aliens themselves and stuff but like it's a rich enough story i think that that doesn't that doesn't take away too much of the of the enjoyment and the not so much the the twists or anything like that but just the development of the story yeah um so yeah we'll we'll get pretty we'll get pretty spoiler from here on out i mean it's not a spoiler to say that it was directed by brian duffield who i looked into it after i watched it i completely didn't realize that he wrote uh underwater which was i'm a big fan of that movie so it's a Kristen stewart yeah uh, we were talking about it last week uh, yeah exactly the the horror movie where she's underwater and there's like basically evil mermaids i don't think that's i don't think that's unfair to say okay. um, cthulhu-esque Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That was that was uh, another one that we would recommend, <laughs> knowing as little as possible. Um, so he wrote Love and Monsters. He wrote Underwater. He wrote The Babysitter. He wrote Jane Got a Gun. He's really involved in the Skull Island anime show that's okay. that's currently on Netflix. Um, so he he wrote for it. And I think he developed it as well. And then this is his second movie that he's directed. Uh, he also directed uh, Spontaneous, which I haven't actually seen. This uh, is the, that's the uh, the teen rom com where people spontaneously ex- explode. Is it? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, those was, was pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> really good. Okay, and um, and the I guess like the only not the only actor in this, but kind of the only kind of main actor in it is uh, Caitlin Dever, who was in Justified, and she was in uh, the movie Booksmart. Uh, and she was also in the popular Tim Allen sitcom Last Man Standing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I mentioned that. Yeah. I mainly know her from Booksmart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the gist of this movie is you've got Caitlin Dever as Bryn. She lives in a house that can only be described as like Etsy come to life. Like it's it's all fabrics and textiles and old school cameras and yeah kind of with, with with a miniature representation of the town in her living room yes and that, that, that there's a bit of symbolism behind that town that we we see when we come later on in the movie but we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit but yeah she's been self she's exiled from the rest of the town and you don't you don't know why at the beginning but yeah. it, it, it's slowly comes comes across why what happened in the, her past to cause her to have this sell this exiled lifestyle yeah exactly and it's it's kind of yeah as you say it's kind of suggested and developed over time and like even before the reveal at the end of the movie of what actually happened you get a good sense of mm. you kind of assume what the, about what happened um maybe by the fact of how much everyone absolutely hates us <laughs> like because you get like it's it's uh, what i really like about this movie is that it is the perfect demonstration of show don't tell like it's yeah. There's only it's only like what five words five in words. the movie. Uh, it's it's like a ninety minute movie, but it's it's all just widening the view and just adding in little drops of information in a way that is just not. Uh, <laughs> it's, not it's not heavy handed. It's it's very no. Much that's exactly, exactly. Like, like touch. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and she is, as we say, she is clearly like a, a seamstress of sorts. Like she has, I'm assuming, an Etsy shop where she makes dresses for people and, and hosts them over to them. Uh, and she also seems to get phone calls from people telling her that she's a monster and things like that. So she uh, just kind of deals with that. And yeah, she just lives this very kind of isolated life. And then suddenly, wouldn't wouldn't you know it, Patrick, she does get a visitor, but it's a ruddy, bloody alien in the middle of the night. It is. It's a, it's a Paul-looking alien. <laughs> it is absolutely a Paul-looking alien. Uh, it's It's... That was actually an interesting thing about it. So it's it's got this real like, even though it's clearly set in like the modern day, it's it's got a real like 1950s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Not just like the house that she's in and all like the the retro stuff that she has in the house, like her record player and her kind of old Polaroid instant camera and stuff. But then also you have these kind of classic grey aliens kind of waddling around. But and like, was a set of modern times. How do we know that? Because, well, <laughs> because of the gravestones. So, not to go into it. So, like, you see, course, like the year yes. that her, you see the year that her mum died, and you see the her best friend uh, also died, and you find out that that happened ten years ago. And Sorry, on her grave, yes. which she goes to visit, it says twenty twelve. Yeah, because there's there's no mobile phones in this. There's no 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 no. There is a flat screen TV, so I do apologize. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like you could be, you could be uh, excused from from realizing that because it is, as you say, like it's it's very it, it's very well done with like the with the um, with the setting and the design of like the house and the and the neighborhood. Like it's very isolated and it's very quaint and yeah. you know out in the out in the sticks, uh, as we'd say. Um, so she goes to so she gets visited by this alien who's just like ransacking her house um and she ends up killing the alien like yeah. in a pretty not not a like not a particularly gory death but like she ends up like ramming a piece of piece it's, of it's, the, the 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 clock tower from from the church or something from the miniature yeah. set yeah uh, it felt very slapstick. It felt, it felt very strange. <laughs> you know, when I was watching it, um, it totally compared to the rest of the film. It was a bit. It was a bit odd. Uh, it felt a bit goofy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially because it took it took a while for the alien to actually die. He's, he had this surprised look on his face. Yeah. Um, and was like, oh, you've, you've killed me. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a real. It was a real weird moment uh, because it went from so like uh, scary and so like intense just to this weird like oh i guess that's over then <laughs> you just now have a, an alien corpse in your house um but like you get you see that the these aliens are uh telekinetic so yeah. they they are moving things around like they seem to have an impact on very selec- electricity yeah very selectively telekinetic though <laughs> I how'd you mean if if you had the ability to move things around with your mind, I think some of the stuff that they were doing, they they, they only seem to use it when it it um, it's further the plot the plot bit. So oh, I see what you she, mean. There's a bit where she's sneaking up on the alien, and then he twitches his hand and fly, throws her through a wall, 
Whereas yeah. before she was just she was beating the crap out of the aliens, like why why aren't you using your telekinesis there? Or is there something wrong yeah. with you, you little you're a little tiny alien? Is, is there can you not do telekinesis, sir? Well, I was I was thinking about that. Like my assumption is, it must just be like a muscle in that. And this is me kind of giving excuses to the movie, but like I could believe that like telekinesis is not an easy thing to do. Some people are really good at it, and some people aren't as good at it, and. You know, it takes energy to do it, so it's it may be something that they they don't use all the time. Maybe the ones who are not good, they should stay on the ship. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're va- if you're, you're not going to put in the effort to not, practice your yeah. telekinesis, you can't go out and play on Earth. <laughs> but like, I think one of the things I appreciated about it was that all the aliens, while they are clearly like of the same from the same planet or whatever, but they all look a bit different, and they're all very different sizes and there are ones that are like big old cranky giraffes and like that are like human yeah. size and ones that are more like little smaller creatures yeah the way, the way i looked right. at that was uh very much like an ant colony you know where yes they, they're, they're specialized for different jobs mm. What, what, really, why, why those really tall ones are what they're well, they don't seem to be for. very good at anything well uh, <laughs> apparently they can they can signal to the ship by contorting their body yes yes they can signal to the very again like very kind of 50 style ufos that yeah. they that they have in this but yeah like the big ones like they're just like climbing on top of houses and just falling off of them because they just they're really like baby deers learning to walk in a bit um but like they have like the the aesthetic is really interesting and it's like so she she kills this alien and then she's basically the next day she you know none of the electricity works her car doesn't work or anything so she rides a bike into town and you really get a sense of like nobody likes her like and then you like you get more of an idea that this friend of hers who died um that it was her like yeah that it was her fault she's she's writing like letters to her friend um that you find that she doesn't she doesn't set, she doesn't mail them or anything she just writes them as some kind of therapy um and then she, when she's she goes to the police station to presumably turn her in self in for alien murder uh and then she sees her friend Maud's parents and the mum just straight up spits in her face like it's full on <laughs> it is and that that is I looked it up after after the movie. That would be considered assault in America. So she had every right. To, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she had every right to uh, to press charges there. With yeah. Seeing, but seeing as the uh, the wife, the 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 mother of Maud was also the wife of the sheriff. That might be yes. a, a tricky situation. <laughs> yeah, and like the fact that they're in a police station, she spits in, she spits in her face and walks off. The dad walks off with her, and then the other policemen are just like, "Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here!" Um, and then my favorite, again, like it kind of seems like a goofy moment, the fact that she sees a bus, and she thinks, "Oh yeah, I can just leave." <laughs> and she gets on the bus and just leaves. And I like the idea that that's the first time because she's clearly like hated by this town. But I like the idea that she never thought to leave. She sees a bus and she's like, "Oh, I could have left like ten years ago. Why did I never think of this?" But what what I don't understand is why she had to put on a hat and sunglasses to get onto the bus, like she was in incognito. 
yeah like it's a weird one because i guess like one thought was like oh because they'd recognize her uh and then they wouldn't let her leave but surely they'd see like oh you're leaving town great yeah. get on like don't even bother paying for a ticket yeah. <laughs> like but that uh, bus journey is a pivotal part of the movie because then we learn that the aliens can actually take over human bodies yeah and this is the point at which I was like are these do these aliens have too many powers because we've already seen that they are like they're very agile they have weird freaky feet that are just like four toes on a on a stick they have telekinesis we find out later on that they have like other psychic powers and all this kind of stuff but now they're also like they can take over people's bodies it's like it's a it's kind of a lot it's a lot of stuff going yeah but on. they like, are they are weak to small pieces of wood <laughs> you know? there's a particular point a soft bit in their head <laughs> just and fire they, they, they don't oh, like yes. fire either yeah yeah absolutely but then who does who does like fire um Cave so yeah so um so she runs away from the bus because basically all the people on the bus bar the bus driver uh were, have been taken over and they basically got like these almost like parasites that are, can just be seen on their throat yeah. underneath their throat skin um oh, and so like they that. i don't like that word throat skin throat skin yeah yeah sorry um neck sack oh. The larynx tube. Um, you're, you're being foul. You're being foul yeah, right now. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, and then she decides that she's going to stay and, I guess, fight them. It was almost like a weird, like, predator moment where she starts, like, setting her house up. To... It, it was more Home Alone, I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, was, it, it was very Home Alone. But, but her plan was to cover, because the door for her house had been telekinesis off its hinges uh so she said well i'll put a sofa in front of that and then i'll nail a blanket one of my many uh textured quilts <laughs> to the to the top of the door so then i'm completely protected and then she then like lights a load of lamps and boils a load of water and then she sees that the blanket is being removed from the outside and she seems very surprised <laughs> That her, that her impenetrable fortress has been has been broken down. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit. I, I I don't know the thought process behind the blanket, but um, maybe there wasn't any. Maybe she's just a bit a bit stupid. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah, we 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 we're at we're at the climax now. She's she's now killed two more of these aliens. She's she's killed these small wriggling uh two foot tall aliens she's killed yep. this the giant giraffe ones that you were talking about yeah and yep, she's yep. running through the woods she's she's head hell for leather getting out of there in the dark yeah and she's been stabbed she's bleeding she's she's in she's in a bad shape you know she's she, she's in a bad shape and it is at this point in the movie where i'm like is she the bad guy in this because she is murdering aliens left and right. I, I did have the same thought. I was like, what if these aliens are are just there to say hello? <laughs> well, this, yeah, <laughs> like, so I was, what I was trying to figure out was, because obviously they escalated things, like they started getting kind of, they started attacking. But I was wondering, is that a result of her murdering one of them? Yeah. 
because there's there's obviously like there's the parallel in the movie because what you find out is that she when she was a kid she got into a fight with her friend Maud she wailed on her with a rock in a very similar way to the, the way she killed the alien um, and her friend Maud died and basically everyone in the, in the town hates her for it yeah uh, because she killed the chief of police's I guess 12 year old daughter or, or, or that kind 12, of age yeah, she was 12 yeah so like and then there's you you see it, it's just like oh it was this accidental thing that happened but then there's the parallel that she does the exact same thing with the aliens where she sees an alien kills the alien and now all the aliens hate her because yeah. she kills one of them she just can't catch a break but then her, her first instinct to murder is clearly not helping with her social skills yeah and we, we do see that through the movie well at the beginning of the movie when uh first time she goes into town she tries waving at people and they're obviously not not having any of it but uh yeah yeah she's uh, it's really driven home how despised she is now the the only part of the movie where there was actually talking was a dream sequence with a grown-up mod and she finally gets to say i'm sorry yes at the the same time she's she's being um taken over by one of these alien parasites in her throat sack Yes, absolutely. And I was actually wondering about this. Did you ever wonder at any point in the film if the parasites were the actual, like, um, invading body? Like, I actually wondered if the parasites had also taken over, like, the grey aliens. And they were just using them as a means of travel to get to where they wanted to go. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 an interesting theory. I haven't thought about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably wrong because it seems that these... There, there, are, just, no, there are no wrong answers here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no wrong answers in brainstorming. Um, but it does seem like they're literally just like remote control devices that they use. Um, but yeah, it, it brings her into this fantasy world. And I can assume that this is just a way of keeping them happy, almost like a Matrix style. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you everything you want in your brain in this weird hallucination so you, we can just get you to do what we want um but then she as you say like she says i'm sorry and then she puts her hand fully in her mouth and <laughs> rips out the um yeah. rips out the parasite and and then we find out that the aliens have another power which is making clones yeah well i i, I don't think that was hmm. that bit I, I didn't really understand <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So there's this bit where the the parasite basically, the parasite is kind of floating, and then it builds another brin around it, and then they have like a little fight. It, it, it got to this point in the movie where I felt like they it was maybe short of runtime, so they needed to add in a couple of bits. But it 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 seemed like a ran, a random inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem like it was really necessary for there to be a clone of her, and then for that clone to. Uh, to uh stab her stab her and then for her to stab the clone <laughs> yeah they're just stabbing all over the place and yeah. then, then they're running through the woods she's running through the woods she's she's bleeding and they the aliens finally catch up with her and they yep. they replay they, they mind meld with her and replay yes. what happened between her and mod and that seems yep. to ingratiate her to the aliens they, they go oh I can relate to this person. <laughs> this yeah, they have that girl. <laughs> yeah, they have this kind of obviously alien language conversation with their weird vibrating throats, which is <laughs> really weird to see. Uh, 
and they have this conversation. I don't know if they're just deciding, like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this girl. Like, she's 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 a murderer. Yeah. She's, we'll just leave. And they decide that even though they are um, at giving putting their parasites in everyone else, seemingly, I guess, on Earth, they decide that she, they'll just let her be. And and now she has friends. And now she has friends because when you get to the end of the movie and. She she walks out to her house and out, she walks out of her house and there's people there waving at her and they all like her and she has this dance sequence with everyone uh, based on the dance steps that she's learning at the start of the movie and it's it's very bizarre and it's it's that it's that weird kind of ending where you're like this is this isn't a happy ending but it's also not a sad ending it's just a very strange yeah. ending. Well, the way I interpreted the ending was she's basically back where she began which was she has the toy model of the town yes. that was her only real interaction with the town yeah. these people are now the exact same thing it's just it's just a facsimile of what the town was and these these people are puppets yes. so so she she's back where she was but she's happier now because she she gets to dance with the dreamy guy who lives next door and well, yeah, potentially yeah, have a lesbian relationship with another girl and yeah I, I don't. I think that was just kind of loosely implied because they were dancing together. Um, but like, it does make you wonder. So the aliens put the parasites into the people, um, and then are they just docile? I guess are they just? Can they just be controlled to do whatever? And if so, like, what what are they? What's their end game? Like, the, the, are they the, just? The feeling I got from it, based off that 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 sequence and everything, was that. It's very much like, uh, oh my god, what was the Keanu Reeves movie? The, end. the Daily Officer Still? Yes, yeah. Where I know, I know it's based off an original movie. <laughs> it's just Keanu Reeves was the easiest way to get you to to, to provide the name. Um, yes, it was. <laughs> That's true. Uh, basically, my feeling is they've come to Earth to not so much enslave. The, the population but to make them very docile make them very uh, just just change their behaviour yeah. and and whether that's to make the world better so that the world will continue on regardless of the fact that they uh, these people no longer have free will or that they're, they're they could be potentially some kind of slave <laughs> uh, slave workforce for, for the aliens which wouldn't make a huge amount of sense because they seem to have a Technology far beyond anything that that they would require <laughs> these people to yeah. do anything. These people who can barely barely pick their noses without hurting themselves, you know. So, maybe like maybe like it's they just want like the resources on the planet. Maybe that's it, and they just want everyone to just stay out of their way. There's easier ways to get resources. There's other planets with resources <laughs> without people yeah. living on them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Or maybe they're just they need like a rest stop between galaxies, so yeah. they need a planet where people could just like take a break and. Uh, this is a lovely planet you have. We would like to turn it into our toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm I'm wondering like how long will it work out for Bryn, like living in this toy town basically? Because yeah, I guess that depends on like the aliens' endgame. Like, are they just going to leave her there to to have a lovely life? until they need 
they need the they need all the people for something else or are they just you know maybe they live for hundreds of years and they're like yeah we can wait 50 years until she until she passes away uh, yeah yeah I, I do feel that what they've done is just pacify the the population yeah yeah rather, I think rather than um enslavement or anything like that so as far as they're concerned as long as the people aren't doing anything naughty they, yeah, they'll they'll leave it, and there's there's also the the implication as well that there's other lunatics <laughs> like Bryn, who's been out murdering aliens, and then the aliens have gone become friends with them and gone. You're 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 all right. Yeah, <laughs> I like you. Yeah, uh, but I think it, I think it was a good shout to just like limit the limit the view, limit the audience's view to the town. Yeah, because then you just have no idea. Maybe it's just the town. Maybe it's the whole. Well, you you can see the town, and you can see. Uh, spaceships in the background oh over, yeah that's over, true. over other towns so yeah that's true yeah look it, it, it was left to, left to your own interpretation at the end and i think that was a good way to go because absolutely we, we've gotten a good uh 20 minutes content out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank yeah, you no, brian Duffield. thank you uh there, there was a there's an interesting interview with him uh where they asked what what his inspiration for the movie was, and he said, "Well, I really wanted just to make a musical. So the only way really? I could think of doing that, yeah, I, I, he was obviously joking, but he's like, the only way I could think of doing that was by doing an entire alien <laughs> alien invasion movie, and then having a bit of a song and dance at the end. <laughs> Which yeah, there is there is there is that bizarre moment at the end, which is quite like a musical, where Rin just stares down the camera." And is like smiling and dancing. Yeah, but that is very much like a like a musical movie thing to do, where she's yeah. kind of like singing out to the audience. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, no, it was very good. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, yeah, it was a Absolutely. nice little sleeper sleeper movie that came out of nowhere, and I was quite enamoured with it. And I'll definitely Absolutely. be watching it next Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely like a good. A good Halloween movie, and I think that the other thing I like about it as a movie, as well as a Halloween movie, is you can't really like be on your phone while you're watching it because there's no there's no there's no dialogue that you can kind of yeah. depend on while you're looking at another screen. You have to be paying attention to everything that's going on. Um, I, I'm never on my phone when I watch a movie. We're, we're very different you, people. <laughs> well, I, I I well actually like I couldn't be on my phone while I was watching this movie because I was watching it on my phone. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a it's a habit that I am trying to train myself out of because I have been I have been doing it recently and I don't like that I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gross. I am. That's I'm a disgusting excuse for a human being. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time that we can we can probably wrap things up here, unless there's anything else you'd like to to add in, Patrick. No, no. Um, all good from my side. But uh, thanks thanks for taking the time to go through that film because it was. It was an interesting one. I really wanted to have a, a discussion with it about it, and yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's it's unfortunately just brought up more questions. <laughs> well, I I know what you mean, but like I sincerely hope that they leave this film alone and yeah. like don't talk about any uh, sequel nonsense with it. But I think like it's it's fairly safe. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed from from that. Yeah, great. That's well, Patrick, me. would you absolutely? Would you like to let everyone know how they can get in touch with us? Yes, you can. Uh, you can find us on Balrogs and Bla- Balrogsblasters.com, which is our website. 
there's a couple of articles up there about how we started the podcast and a few different things there. And you can also subscribe to our podcast there. We're obviously on all the different podcasting uh, websites. There is a change to Google Podcasts happening at the end of the year, so we'll be moving over to Google Music for that. Uh, but hopefully that'll be a seamless transition. But if not, you'll still be able you'll be able to find us in some way. And then just follow us on Instagram if you're if you're looking for the latest news and what we're doing. And we have a Facebook Facebook group as well, Balrogs Blasters. Basically, if you search Balrogs Blasters, you'll find us somewhere. Yeah, you'll find you'll find something somewhere that we are doing. Yeah, or you'll find someone on Reddit saying, "Who's who's stronger, <laughs> a Balrog <laughs> or a Blaster?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that I guess that finishes things up for this week. Thank you very much, Patrick. And thank you. So we'll catch you guys. We will catch you guys next week. Yeah. Bye now. Bye, Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.